Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Oh, that's got to be music to the ears of the great Joe Fortenbaugh, a.k.a. Philly guy. He is ESPN's daily wager host and betting analyst who joins us right now, Canty and Carlin, on ESPN Radio. Of course, daily wager at 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN2. All right, so it was a complicated night for you last night, Joe. Take us through the emotions. Take us through the moments. Take us through exactly what went down for you as a Philly guy. Wasn't complicated at all. I got two young kids who are both sick. My wife's sick. Everyone was yelling at me all night. I got two TVs in the living room, perfectly designed for that type of night. One was on Blippy. One was on trains. I'm trying to watch the damn Phillies on my phone. I'm watching the Eagles on an iPad. Nothing complicated about it, boys. My life is a dream, and you're lucky to have me on your show. What an well, Joe, Joe, I just want to know if you've accepted your fate as a Phillies fan. Huh. I mean, does the Eagles getting out to oh, their best we, start? Oh, here we go. Yeah, I got to just know. Like, does the Eagles getting out to the franchise's best start ever help cushion the blow, knowing that you guys are going to get bounced once you get back to Minute Maid Park? I'm just wondering. Oh, boy. All right. I, I see that you're on one today. Uh, here's how I will respond to such commentary. Number one, not worried about the Phillies. Of course, down three games to two, going back to Houston is a bit of a problem. But, I mean, you know, we, this, it took a few efforts to get to the top of Mount Everest, gentlemen, okay? You know, we didn't cure certain diseases overnight. They're going to get the job done. I wouldn't be so excited about a 3-2 deficit with this lineup. Number two, when it comes to the Eagles, I wouldn't expect a former New York Giant to know anything about any of this stuff. Right now, the Giants, just everyone wants to – what did we talk about last week, Hanny? How much the Giants wanted their respect, and then they went and lost to Geno Smith, Okay. So let's just go ahead and let the Eagles do the Eagles. Let's go ahead and let the Giants try to figure out how to become the seventh seed and get run out of the playoffs in the opening weekend. All I got to say to that, Joe, is four to one. (laughs) Four to one. We got four Lombardi trophies. You guys just got one. Congratulations. Catch up. That's how that usually goes for me. I grew up in Allentown, which kind of splits the difference between New York and Philadelphia. So it was a mix of fans from both fan bases. And then, of course, the random Steelers fans who come off the top rope. So when the Giants fans are yelling at the Eagles fans like you just did, which is pretty much you can't say anything as an Eagle fan to that, then the Steelers fans come on top, and as an Eagle fan, you quietly work your way out of the room. (laughs) (laughs) Number one there, Joe, uh, the night that you described last night sounds like an unmitigated nightmare of trying to watch on an iPad and a phone with six kids kids in the house. And secondly, saying you got a slight problem going down to Houston is like me saying I have a slight weight problem. You've got a big problem, my friend. (laughs) Hey, you know what? As long as the umpires check Valdez, in tomorrow night's game, we're okay. If you're going to let him go out there completely lubricated, rubbing the ball up and down, yeah, how the Phillies supposed to compete with something like that? Stop putting whatever you're putting all over it. Let's play the game fairly, Houston. Joe, let's let's look ahead to uh, the NFL slate on Sunday, man. We got seven home underdogs coming into this weekend. Give us a dog or a couple of dogs that you like in the fight. Yeah, there's a few. I'd start with the Commanders. As we sit here talking about everybody in the NFC East but them, I'd play the Commanders. I think they beat Minnesota this weekend. Vikings have been a nice story. They're 6-1. and one, But look at it like this. 
they're being outgained by an average of 37 yards per game. I still don't understand how you can be 6-1 and one getting outgained by 37 yards per game. They're also 5-0 and oh in games decided by one score. At some point, that luck is going to run out. Washington's won three straight, very good against the run defense, can generate consistent pressure. Taylor Heineke, 8-2 and two against the spread over his last 10. I'll play Washington in the dog roll. I'd also look at Seattle in the dog roll. Anytime you see Cliff Kingsbury as a favorite, run for the hills. Every time <laughs> Cliff Kingsbury's at home, run for the hills. He's terrible against the spread in those situations. They did everything they could against Minnesota last week to give that game away. They fumbled that punt, and then they had three more possessions to go get it done, and they screwed all of them up. They are as poorly coached a team as you will find in the NFL. I like Seattle plus the points in that matchup. I'd also, this one's going to be tough for the listeners. I take Carolina plus the seven and a half. It's got to be seven and a half, not seven against Cincinnati. Bengals on the short week. That offense looked putrid without Jamar Chase. 13 points. 220-plus yards. They didn't look good at all. Now, they'll make some adjustments, but Carolina's been very feisty since they decided to trade and fire everybody. Somehow that's what motivated the team to start competing. So those are a handful of the dogs I'd be looking at this weekend. There's probably some others out there, but those are the ones that are at the top of my list. Joe Fortenbaugh, ESPN's Daily Wager and betting analyst. Follow him on Twitter, at Joe Fortenbaugh. He's with Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Props, Joe. Props. Prop me up. What do we got? Woo! Okay. So as we work our way through the market, one of the first games I'd look at, another dog you might want to consider, the Lions plus three and a half, averaging 35 points per game at home this season. Uh, that's going to be more competitive than some people may realize against Green Bay. But I would bet Jared Goff to throw an interception. It's only like minus 120. He's thrown picks in five of seven games this season. He always tends to fall apart in the second half of these games as well. So I'd be betting that prop. Raiders-Jacksonville. I'd be looking at Josh Jacobs over 19.5 receiving yards. Okay, receiving yards. He's averaging about 21 per game on the season. The Jaguars have been very bad defending opposing running backs coming out of the backfield. They've given up a ton of yards. Plus, they're coming back from London. History is not kind to the defenses who come back from London and don't go on the bye. They just immediately play. It's a troubling spot. I can't bet the Raiders because last week I bet them. They scored zero points in that game against the Saints. So I would bet Jacobs in the prop department to pull that off. Zach Ertz, tight end, Arizona, over 38.5 receiving yards. 38.5, excuse me. Um, his, his production's been down the last two weeks since DeAndre Hopkins came back from the suspension. That's natural. But against Seattle, you got to target the tight end. All right, the, the tight end production against Seattle has been better than against any team in the NFL. When you're talking receptions, receiving yards, big-time numbers these guys are putting up. Of course, I'm banking on Kingsbury to notice that, and there's a good chance he doesn't. So Ertz might not even get a single target in this game with the way that guy coaches. That's a story for another day. I'd be looking at that one as well. And uh, Cordero Patterson, I looked at this this morning. The rushing yards weren't out there yet. They might be now, but I'd be betting him over. I'd be looking at Falcon running backs against the Chargers. Charger run defense stinks. Falcons are one of the best rushing attacks in the NFL. I think you got to look at Patterson's props over this weekend. I think we've been saying that for years, that the Chargers run defense stinks, but that's neither here nor there. Joe, you got to walk me through this game because I have as much respect for the Kansas City Chiefs as anybody out there. Yet they're going up against the Tennessee Titans team that's won five straight games, and the Titans are 12-and-a-half point dogs. What's your read on this game? 
Yeah, so here's what you got. A lot of factors here. Uh, you got Kansas City at home. Was it the Sunday night game? So you got to factor in home field. You got Andy Reid coming off the bye. And historically, that's been a great betting spot. Andy Reid off the bye. Everyone talks about how good they are. Tannehill's banged up. The Titans are winning, but, you know, it's the Titans. It's like Vrabel gets so much out of those guys. And despite everything we've seen the last few years, people, including myself, are, like, unwilling to buy in. So that's what, that's what goes into the number for the most part. I would lean to Tennessee here. I know that's going to sound crazy, but when they talk about Andy Reid off the bye, that's already baked into the number courtesy of the bookmakers. Okay? You're not getting an edge there. In fact, over the last five regular seasons, Andy Reid is 2-3 and three against the spread off the bye. Like, the bookmakers know about that. They make you pay a tax or something like that. His success, that goes all the way back to the days in Philadelphia when he was winning those games. So you got to factor that in as well. And the Titans are going to want to shorten this game. They're going to want to run Derrick Henry. They're already taking more time off the clock between the previous play and the start of the next play than anyone in the league. Like, you're not going to go into Arrowhead and get into a shootout with the Chiefs unless you're Josh Allen and the Bills. If you're the Titans, you got to do what you do best. Lean on Henry, grind the clock down, try to keep it tight, and then make a player too late. And, and that really lends itself, that strategy, to catching 12.5 points. But again, you know, it only really takes a couple plays for the Chiefs to blow you out. So I think the under is a great play there, and I lean to Tennessee. All right, Joe, we got to get one on Georgia, Tennessee, or Alabama, LSU, whatever you want. Dealer's choice. What do you, what do you got? Alabama over LSU, I'd lay the 13 and a half. Bama's defense against Jaden Daniels is going to be the difference. I know Daniels has been playing better as of late. That's against bad pass defenses. Alabama has a good pass defense. I would take the eight with Tennessee. I'm going to give you the double dip here. Okay, on the money line, Tennessee is plus 240. That means to win the game, plus 240, $100 bet returns $240 in profit. Take the money line and convert it to a probability. Plus 240 implies a 29% chance. That's it. 29% is all we're giving Tennessee to win this game. They have the number one offense in the country. They're undefeated. They've beaten Alabama. They won on the road against LSU. No major injuries. It's November. They're in the SEC. 29%. Oh, by the way, I don't need them to win the game. I'm getting eight points. I'll take the volunteers plus more than a touchdown. Outstanding stuff, Joe. As usual, you deliver, and it's – Well, it's going to be a tough weekend, but nonetheless, Godspeed. I'll tell you what's outstanding. Your producers booking me 5 p.m. Eastern on the East Coast. We all know this is drive time. We all know spots like this are reserved for LeBron James, Michael Jordan, Joe Fortenball. Those are the people you put in these drive time spots. Credit to you, Canty, for pushing for that. You know how to book. That's my guy, Joe. Yeah, I'm glad it's not getting to your head. That's great. Yeah, no, 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 no. Hey, listen, the humility, the, the humility weekend, that fellas. Joe Fortenbaugh comes with. Joe Fortenbaugh, ESPN Daily Wager. That is 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern on ESPN2. Good stuff, Joe. Thanks, brother. All right, up next, Canty. Speaking of underdogs, and there are plenty of them, who do we like this week in the NFL? Canty and Carlin. ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive 
eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Who doesn't love underdogs? I mean, I, I love underdogs. Canty, you love underdogs? Love underdogs. We got underdogs this week that have opportunities to win games in the NFL. So we are running down the slate, looking at the underdogs, and who can win? Cam Pratt to host go. All right, we've got the Lions. The one in six Lions are just three and a half point dogs at home against the once mighty Green Bay Packers, Chris Carlin. How do you see this game? Oh, Canty. Oh, Cam. Oh, Campbell Cameron Cam. No, that's the Lions coaches, Campbell, not me. <laughs> oh, no. Uh listen. This is like the Alabama or like the uh, Tennessee uh, Georgia game. It's almost like they're daring you to bet Tennessee. Mm-hmm. They're daring you to bet the Packers here. Give me the Lions, Canty. Lions are winning outright this week. We're going up in flames in Green Bay. I'm going to see this thing completely fall apart on Aaron Rodgers and company. Oh, I'm rooting for me. I'm rooting for our show. But more importantly, I'm rooting for chaos. And nothing says chaos as Aaron Rodgers <laughs> losing five straight games and that fifth game being to the Detroit Lions. And, Carlin, here's the thing that I did not know. Joe Fortenbaugh just told us that the Detroit Lions are averaging 35 points per game at home. Do you realize that the Green Bay Packers offense – hasn't scored north of 30 all season. That's unbelievable. They haven't scored north of 30 all season. So, yeah, I'll take the Lions and give me the hook. That half a point is holding strong. I'll take it. Next. All right. The NFC South leading Atlanta Falcons are three-point dogs at home against the Chargers coming off a bye and a tough loss to the Seahawks. Canty. The Chargers are dead last in yards per attempt in the run game defensively. Dead last. They're 32nd out of 32. They give up 5.7 yards per carry to opposing offenses. The Atlanta Falcons are the first team in the NFL to have four players, count them, four, 
to rush for 250 yards, and that's including Marcus Mariota, who's playing really good ball. He's thrown seven touchdown passes over his last four games. I actually like the Atlanta Falcons in this spot. So, yeah, I'll take the three points. Please and thank you. Let's go, Falcons. I think they win that game outright. But, Canty, I thought the Chargers addressed their run game defense this offseason. Apparently uh, not. Eight ball says doubtful. Yeah. And meantime, if you look at the Chargers injury report, it's like the Phillies lineup. Everybody's out. Right now, everybody's out. I mean, you've got no Mike Williams, no Donald Parham, no Keenan Allen, no Dustin Hopkins, no Chris Rupp. I mean, it, it can't he. Give me the Falcons here. I can't believe I'm saying it. But your NFC South champion, Atlanta Falcons, they will win this week at home over the Chargers. Next. All right, how about the Commanders at home? Even their record up at 4-4, four and four, but they're taking on the Vikings and their three-point dogs at home, Chris Carlin. All right, now I can't do this. I can't do this. I'm not going to do it. I think the Vikings are still a better team. They entered Canty's top five this week, mm. and I am not, I am not going to see them unceremoniously dismissed from that group by a loss to Taylor Heineke and the Washington Commanders. So you're saying that the Vikings are going to take care of their business. That's what I am saying. saying that the Vikings are going to take care of their business. All right, Colin, can I ask you a question? What time is that game on Sunday? I believe that's a 1 o'clock game, is it? Yeah, give me, go ahead and give me Kirk Cousins. I'll take that. As long as the game is not <laughs> at not night, <laughs> as long as the game is not at night, I'll take Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings. They got better at the trade deadline and adding T.J. Hawkinson. They already got Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen and Dalvin Cook. They figured out their issues on the offensive line that have plagued them over the past couple of years, and their defense can get after the quarterback. So as great a story as Taylor Heineke is, I'll take Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings. Listen, I heard the joke made, Kirk Cousins must be solar-powered. As long as he's playing during the daytime, he's good. If it's at night, it's a problem. It's a day game. I take Kirk Cousins to exact his revenge on the commanders. Next. All right, this is an interesting one. The three and five Cardinals, two-point favorites at home, which means the Seahawks, the red-hot Seahawks, are two-point dogs on the road against Arizona, Canty. Listen, I'm taking the Seattle Seahawks, man. I am taking the Seattle Seahawks. I'll lay the two points. The Seahawks are different, and the reason why they're different is because Geno Smith is different, man. This guy is a lot better. I watched that game from start to finish that he played last week against the New York Giants. And Geno had a big-time drive at the beginning of the fourth quarter where the guy was 5-for-5 for 75 yards, marched him down the field to score a touchdown, and that score put distance between the Seahawks and the Giants. But, Carlin, the most impressive part about Geno Smith is the leadership intangibles. I saw him after Tyler Lockett fumbled the ball that led to a Giants touchdown, and he dropped a touchdown. So that's 14 points that Tyler Lockett gifted the New York Giants and Geno Smith went over to him and patted him on the shoulder pads and said, we're going to need him. Came back, through a touchdown pass to Tyler Lockett. That's the difference in this Seahawks team. I can't believe I'm saying it. It's Geno Smith, but I'll take the Seahawks. I can't believe you're saying it, and I can't believe I'm saying it. It's Geno Smith and his leadership. That's the difference in this game, but it is. And I have no faith in any of the leadership of the Arizona Cardinals. Not in the least. Now, no Marquise Goodwin this week, but they do have DK Metcalf. 
They do have Tyler Lockett. I'm not worried about it. I say Geno keeps rolling, and I love, love, love the Seahawks in this situation. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. You want energy. One guy who always brings the energy is Harry Douglas, and he believes this weekend could shape the end of this college football season. He'll tell us why right after I tell you about our friends from FanDuel. Now football season is just cruising along, baby. If you haven't done it yet, now's the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's free bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just sign up with promo code PLAY. The app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. So sign up today with promo code PLAY for your no-sweat first bet. Make every moment more this season with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? It is the weekend, though, Carlin. We are moving into the weekend, so having a song like this playing on the rejoin, I'm about it. Why not? I, I, I get it. I'm, and, I, I'm and, guess what, and guess what? The next guest we're about to have on this show, he's about it, too. Believe he's down it. with it. He's Go Harry down. Douglas. ESPN football analyst. Tell me you didn't start moving when you heard it. So come on, baby, and do the hump, I see you, HD. <laughs> All right, yes, your reaction, your first reaction when we saw the first college football rankings this week, HD. Well, the first thing I've said is why is Clemson number four? And I've been able to watch Clemson twice live once against NC State and in the first game of the year against Georgia Tech where they struggled tremendously. Um, and then we've seen Syracuse have them on the brinks, and Syracuse literally should have won that football game. So I, I wouldn't put Clemson at number four. I would have put Michigan there. Even though Michigan has a cupcake schedule, uh, I, if you just put the two teams on the football field currently right now, I don't see Clemson beating Michigan, especially with D.J. Wangalele struggling this year or well, the last few games. Harry, we had Heather Dinich on earlier in the week when the CFP rankings initially came out, and she talked about the game between the hedges this weekend down in Athens. And I know you you stay in the Atlanta area. You keep your ear to the ground when it comes to both of those programs. Just out of curiosity, because Heather said that she felt like there was a, a path 
to be able to get back to the playoff after a loss for Tennessee. She doesn't necessarily see a path for Georgia if they lose this game this weekend. Do you see that the same way? I do, because if Georgia wins this game, right, and they lose in the SEC championship game to, a, let's just say, uh, Alabama, then both of those teams, in my eyes, are going to be able to go. Now, if they lose and Tennessee goes to the SEC championship game, Tennessee is going to be in regardless as well. And it should be Alabama and Tennessee. And Georgia would be the odd team out. Now, I will say this. If Georgia, Tennessee, and Alabama are three of the four best teams in college football, I don't care about what's going on in any other conference. I want the three or four best teams in college football to be in the college football playoffs. I'm tired of seeing these lopsided wins in the, in the semifinals. It is Harry Douglas joining us, of course, ESPN football analyst. Follow him on Twitter at hdouglas83. He is co-host of Countdown to Game Day every Saturday leading up to college game day on ESPN digital platforms. All right, how much is Georgia uh, losing the pass rusher going to kill him in this game? Well, it's going to hurt him. And I go back to the Alabama game that Tennessee, when Tennessee faced him and Henry Hooker was able to just pass the ball up and down the football field. And granted, it, it was because of the lack of pass rush from Alabama. And I said going into that game that Will Anderson Jr., DJ Dale, all those guys are going to have to be phenomenal. Uh, Byron Young, they were not. So when I look at Jordan losing Nolan Smith, it's going to put a lot of pressure on Dalen Carter, who's coming back from an injury. I know he played last week, his first game back. Uh, Mikael Williams, a freshman, who's actually coached by my best friend in Columbus, Georgia. He's going to have to step up. MJ Sherman. He's going to have to play an intricate role. But let me tell you why that pass rush of Georgia is so uh, key in this game. I think one of the weaknesses on Georgia's defense is their secondary because it's a young group. Outside of Keeley Ringo, and even he's going to have to step up, you look at the three receivers for Tennessee with McCoy. Uh, you also have Cedric Tillman coming back. And then Jalen Hyatt, who is the hottest player, I think, in college football right now, uh, outside of his quarterback, Hendon Hooker, and what he's been able to do. Now, if you're not able to get a pass rush and get to Hendon Hooker, and let him sit back and deliver the football, you're going to be in a world of trouble. Harry, we had an ugly scene at the end of the Michigan-Michigan State game last week, and I'm just curious to get your thoughts on how this whole situation has been handled by both programs, but in particular Mel Tucker and the the student-athletes that have been implicated on the Michigan State side. Well, I'm trying to remember. I don't think the guys were – are they suspended indefinitely? Yes. The guys that were involved? Yeah, okay, yes. yeah, so I do believe they did a great job with that, but I, I would have just kicked them off the team because you, mm. can't have, you can't have stuff like that. It doesn't matter what their status is uh, on the football team, if they're starters. You're embarrassing your school. You're embarrassing your name. You're embarrassing your head coach. You're embarrassing everything Michigan State. So I would have kicked them off the team and told them they got to take their careers elsewhere. That's how I would have handled it. All right, Harry, last one for me on the college uh Alabama, should they be on upset alert this week? I don't really think so. Uh, and it's because of a guy named Bryce Young who won the Heisman Trophy last year. And we see what Tennessee was able to do to the LSU defense, who I, who I think is pretty good. But Henry Hooker went into Baton Rouge and had his way. I look at a guy uh, like Bryce Young and how he's able to make things work, even when things are going wrong. But the flip side of this, I think this defense – of Alabama's finally going to step up. Now, they got to get rid of the penalties because they're one of the worst teams in college football, and it's crazy that we're even saying that, fellas, about a Nick Saban coach team. And those penalties has, have hurt them throughout the season. 
So they're going to have to get that. Uh, the receivers are going to have to step up. I think a young cat, Isaiah Bond, is, is starting to step up a lot more uh, in that receiver group. And I think he's going to be the guy that they start to lean on a lot, a lot, a lot more moving down the stretch. But against Mississippi State, I think we finally did see this Alabama team play a complete football game. Uh, but they're going to have to continue to do that throughout the season, including in Death Valley at nighttime. Talking with ESPN football analyst Harry Douglas on Kenny and Carlin. And, Harry, we're up against it, so 30 seconds or less. We're switching over to the NFL. The Falcons are getting disrespected. They're, they're home dogs. The Chargers are favored by three. Why is this Falcons team different than teams coached by Arthur Smith the past couple of years? The mindset. The mindset in the run game, those are two things. Those guys believe in the system. It's their second year in the system, offensively, defense, and special teams. And they have this toughness about themselves. Uh, everything might not go right throughout, throughout a football game, but they're going to figure it out and have a chance to win at the end. So that run game has been unbelievable. They're the only team, I think, in NFL history with four running backs with over uh, 250 yards uh, at this point in the season. Harry, awesome stuff. We appreciate it, brother. Enjoy the weekend. No, thank you, fellas. Harry Douglas, ESPN football analyst and, of course, co-host of Countdown to Game Day. He does an amazing job, brings all the energy every Saturday morning leading up to college game day on the ESPN digital platforms. Up next, the three best NFL games this weekend that you may not be paying attention to. It's Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Hey, good news. Brian Cashman's coming back. I know you're excited. That's not good news. That's like that nightmare that you had with Aaron Rodgers moving next door. (laughs) Well, there are a lot of Yankee fans that I'm sure are not thrilled about it because it has been all about Brian Cashman constructing a team that is best for the regular season, and then let's see what happens in the postseason. But, of course, the biggest issue facing the Yankees this offseason is Aaron Judge and his free agency. Here is the Yankees GM on that topic earlier today. I mean, it it involves a lot of people, you know, and ultimately the owner, um, you know, has to take everything into account because first, you know, he checks all the boxes, you know, the box of, you know, does he help you win games on the field first and foremost? And then, you know, will he do so moving forward? There's no guarantee in terms of health in any of these situations, you know, but when you make these commitments on players, you know, uh, he's a fan favorite. He interacts with our fans extremely well. Uh, he's respected within that clubhouse. Goes about his business as, as as good as you possibly can, you know. And is an elite performer and one of the game's best, if not the best player. And so, uh, with all that being said, you know, it, you know, those are the type that you want to retain and and have. See, Kenty, here's the thing that's interesting to me. Heard mm. this earlier from uh, SNY's Andy Martino, who said that the Mets are not expected to go head-to-head with the Yankees to try to land Aaron Judge. But the Mets were not the team that the Yankees are ultimately going to have to be concerned about. 
No, they got to be concerned about the San Francisco Giants. Yep. And I would put the Chicago Cubs as a dark horse because they're looking for a star to build around, too. They've cleared the decks when it comes to their payroll. So those would be the two franchises that I would be most concerned about. And if you're the Yankees, the one thing that you have over those teams is that you could sell the prospects of competing for a championship. But based on how the postseason has went for the Yankees the last several years, are you buying into that if you're Aaron Judge? So much so that you're willing to take a hometown discount with this being the only bite at the apple that you're going to get? Probably not. So, I mean, when we start looking at the highest paid players in the game, Carlin, I mean, Max Scherzer, in terms of average annual value, is tops at $43 million a year. We just have to assume with the historic season that Aaron Judge has put together, he, he's going to go north of that number, right? Yeah. I mean, he's, it's going to be $44, $45 million a year, and you got to know that he wants – a long-term deal. So we're talking about that eight, nine-year territory. I just don't know that Hal Steinbrenner and Brian Cashman have the appetite to pay a guy $400 million. I don't know that they have that, but it feels like that's the territory that Aaron Aaron Judge's contract negotiation is going to enter into. I I think It's going to be very expensive for the Yankees if they're going to hold on to their star. Listen, easy to pick out some of the really good games this weekend. And listen... It's also, I don't want to say there's a dearth of them, but there are not, it is not a murderer's row of games that we have this weekend in terms of the great matchups. Tennessee and the Chiefs, pretty good game. But Canty, there are some games that fly a little bit under the radar that we need to address. Mm. So let's get right to it. Hit it. Listen. Kenty, I, I get it with what we were talking about earlier when it comes to the Washington Commanders. I don't expect the Minnesota Vikings to go in and take this game lightly. Like, it doesn't feel like one of those games that's going to get in their way. You know why? There's still a team that is very much trying to prove themselves right now. They're at 6-1, and one and nobody's paying attention yet. Is that fair to say? That's fair to say. So I think that, you know, I hate to use the word respect, but they're not getting that true respect yet. So I don't think they let the foot off the gas in a game like this. No, I don't think they let their foot off the gas either. And I think the TJ Hawkinson move only serves to create that urgency or reinforce what the organization thinks of the team. And I think that's going to be a little bit of a boost for this team overall, Carlin. Think about it. The team showed you that they believe in you by going out and making a deal with a division rival and paying a premium to get a player like TJ Hawkinson. I just feel like that signals to the rest of that locker room that we're going for it. You couple that with the fact that Kirk Cousins is going up against his former team, a team that didn't think much of him and allowed him to waltz into free agency. I think that has the makings of being a butt-kicking for the Minnesota Vikings being able to take it to the Washington Commanders. And it's not like the the respect is going to come for beating the Commanders. They're just not going to let it get away from them by losing to the Commanders. Agreed. Next. Titans at Chiefs. So, listen, this is a very good game for Sunday Night Football, even though the Chiefs are 12-and-a-half-point favorites. Another thing I think we haven't paid attention to is the Titans have won five straight games. After that 0-2 start, Mike Vrabel is very much one of the, I don't want to use the word underrated, maybe underappreciated coaches 
in the league publicly. This is, if we're, if we're going to be true, and he's not directly from the tree, but he's one of the few success stories of guys who have been around Bill Belichick and have gone on to have a lot of success. There's no question about it, Carlin. I mean, he's not a former coach, but he is a former player under Belichick, and his team has some of those same qualities that we've seen from those Patriots teams over the years. They're going to be disciplined. They're well-coached. They're going to fight, and situationally, they're aware. So I think those are the things that you look at when you match up against the Tennessee Titans. just so happens that they're going up against the best coach off of bye week in NFL history, maybe, in Andy Reid. And you're going up against an offense that over the past four games has averaged over 33 points and has the highest offensive EPA in all of football. I, I don't have any doubt that Tennessee will make every attempt to try to grind this game to a halt with Derrick Henry in the run game. But this offense for the Chiefs is just too explosive, Carlin. I, I just don't think that the Titans are going to be able to match points. It is the the you know the the logical way to go. Henry over the last four games has really ramped it up. Yeah, uh, led by what happened this past week with two nineteen. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I, I'm with you. I don't ultimately think that they can win this game by playing keep away with Derrick Henry. But I think this is going to be a close game. I think they're going to cover the twelve and a half points this week. I'm scared of that number. I'm I scared think of play it. well. I think, I, I think play they, well. they can play well and still get their butts kicked. I'm scared of that. <laughs> it's not like the 49ers didn't go in with that same game plan and the Chiefs rung up 44 on them. So just putting it out there. <laughs> okay. Okay. Next. Dolphins at Bears. Canty, you start here because this was your very sneaky game. Yeah, here's the thing. The Chicago Bears, number one run game in the National Football League. They're going up against the Miami Dolphins, who, uh, uh, when it comes to being able to stop the run, they're good, but we're going to find out just how good. And the point that I'd like to make is the quarterback-led run game is always something that's hard to defend against, Carlin, and that's where I want to see this Miami Dolphins defense. Can they stop a QB-led run game? They gave up a buck 55 on the ground to the Baltimore Ravens. You know they have a mobile quarterback in Lamar Jackson. He does his thing. The next following week, 115 yards rushing to the Buffalo Bills. Of course, Josh Allen. So you get a theme here. This defense is good at stopping the run, but when they face a mobile quarterback, they struggle in terms of their run fits. So that's the thing that I want to see. And this Chicago Bears offense and Justin Fields, they're starting to get more confidence. They're gaining confidence, Carlin. So I, I want to see what this game looks like from that perspective because I think the Chicago Bears can cause some problems for that Miami Dolphins defense. I agree. I agree for all the reasons you just said. But I'm also, I'm also interested in something that ties you and I into this. You know what that is? What's that? The Miami Dolphin fans who have been in our mentions all year long, <laughs> who have just been so angry with us for our lack of respect for Tua Tungavailoa. And so I, I found myself earlier today, okay, when is it this season that I personally, I don't want to speak for you, where I'm truly going to start to respect what the Dolphins are doing? And I found an answer. And that's not until week 13. <laughs> You know, wow. if they if they went to San Francisco and won, if they went to Buffalo and won in week 15, 
then I would really respect what they have done. But the Bears, the Browns, the Texans before then, they got work to do to me. Mm-hmm. Well, I would say this. Don't look too far ahead because they only beat the Detroit Lions by four with that offensive explosion that they had. All I'm simply saying is this. That Chicago Bears-Cowboys game wasn't as lopsided as the final score made it seem. And Justin Fields accounted for three touchdowns, and I think he only had one turnover, a lost fumble. Carlin, this has the makings to be one of those upset specials, so just be careful with this spot. I'll put it another way. For all our Dolphins fans' friends, what you'll get to do this weekend is see what a real quarterback looks like. Canty and Carlin, weekdays on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+.